Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. To all my regulars out there, thanks so much for stopping by again. Whether it's a blockbuster, a bomb, or just an independent film, you show up every episode, and I truly appreciate that. But if you're a first-time listener, let me briefly tell you about our show. We love movies. We love sharing movies. That's what we do here. We're not here to yell, complain, criticize this or that. There's enough noise out there. All we care about is movies. I give you the information and you make up your own mind. Consider this a movie oasis. A place where you can get away from all the noise and just hear about one movie or show the whole way through. Because any movie is somebody's favorite movie. Because let's be honest, we all want to spend our hard-earned money wisely. I'm not going to tell you to see a movie or not to see a movie. That is entirely up to you. Now today, we have the end, allegedly, of the Halloween series. At least the end of this trilogy. Because today we have Halloween Ends. Now here's a tagline for this movie. The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode comes to a spine-chilling climax in this final chapter of this trilogy. So we all know at any given time, the backers of this, the, the the minds behind whoever owns this, they can make anything happen. And I'm all for it. I don't care how many they make. They entertain me. That's what these movies are about. They're popcorn. They're just to escape. And that's what we're about here, to give you the facts. Here is the trailer for Halloween Ends. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. I was certain that I saw him watching me. You pretend like you moved on, but you're actually just obsessed with death. What are you gonna do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous.
Now, let's just be honest. That music is so iconic. Every one of us out there know that song. It just sends that feeling of nostalgia, that that little chill that goes up your spine. Because you could see Michael Myers just walking that brilliant, stone-faced, stiff, rigid walk. And it's just like, yes! You can't help but cheer for him sometimes. Even though you know it's not good, but... That's that's what the movie's all about. And this is what I really love about these movies. The original ones and then this trilogy. They don't tell you why he's this way. It just is. Other versions, they've tried to you know give you backstory. And, all, and that's all good. But what truly makes something, something like this the most terrifying is not knowing why. It's just evil. That's what he is. And that's what I really enjoy about David Gordon Green, about his directing on this one. He just, he taps into the nostalgia and everything that was so great about that original one. He could tap into that. But then, yes, he goes off his own, he finds his own voice. He does his own thing. Do we always agree with it? Of course not. But that's okay. That's what we go to the movies for, to be surprised. Because there's scenes in these where you're like, whoa, why why did he choose that? Or why didn't he do that? That's what's so great about somebody like this. He's young, but he appreciates the history. And you can see that in some of the shots. It's so beautiful. You're like, oh, yes. Carpenter would have loved this shot. And that's what really sets this horror franchise apart. It's raising the bar for new levels, you know, changing things up. But you can still feel the DNA of the original Halloween. And that's just wonderful. Now, at first... We're going to hear from the director, David Gordon Green. And he's going to talk about how this trilogy is basically a a tribute to us fans. It's it's a a love song for us. Because it's like, it brings you right back there. And then after that, we're going to hear from the star, Jamie Lee Curtis. And what she's done to this role, from all those years ago to to, today, man... She's just, this character's evolved. Oh, and just think about that. Is this a horror film? But she's made this character somebody you care about. And in this interview, she talks about how David Gordon Green is very similar to John Carpenter. And then after that interview, we go back to David Gordon Green, talk about working with Jamie Lee Curtis, about when he's working on the script, he'd call her up and go, you know, something's not feeling right. You know, what do you think? Because nobody knows that character better. And Jamie Lee. It's about the community, the fans that have um, have been around the Halloween franchise for over forty years. It's it, this is a movie that, to me, is a is a is a love song, a tribute to the fans. It's a a love song to Laurie and Michael, and whatever um, uh, whatever their relationship is, is something I want to explore. And and how everyone from her granddaughter Allison to a new kid on the block, how they observe this relationship, is something I want to explore. So. For me, it's a chance to um, turn up the music, kind of dial in the intimacy a little bit, and let this world of Haddonfield unleash. These movies felt just like the 1978 movie. I've told you many times the comparison between David and John Carpenter. Southern boys, um, they have a little drawl. Um, they, they work with their film school best friends. It's... The similarities of that sort of deep companionship and friendship, that has continued with these Halloween movies. Nobody is different. Everybody is the same. We're all still scrappy, 
you know, trying to pull off these movies like a hat trick. You know, it's, it's, it, it feels very special to me. Jamie's not just the star of the movie, but she's uh, someone I, I, I call on a Sunday and say, I'm rewriting the scene for tomorrow and something's not landing. What would Lori do? And, and so, so there is that, that voice that I think keeps a truth of Jamie Lee in the character that we're creating, which is really important to me. She brings ideas to the table, but she's not possessive of those ideas. It is amazing to have someone that's as um, nuanced and brings as much insight to this character, but at the end of the day is going to agree with the artists that are collaborating with her to create this world. You know, um, she, she doesn't bring her ego. She brings her energy. She brings that beautiful attitude and charisma that she has. She's 45 minutes early to set every day. I love hearing that kind of interview where the director is actually collaborative. He talks to people. He says, what do you think? It's not just a single vision. And when if people have that, that's there's nothing wrong with that. But it's also very interesting to hear when somebody uses everybody around them and says, what's the best thing for this project? Because I just read an interview with David Gordon Green, and he was talking about when they were just in the very early stages writing this, it wasn't everything wasn't mapped out. If they got stuck, all the writers would t- start at one point and then write their version of it from that point on. And then they'd get together and go, oh, all right, that works, that doesn't work. Or I didn't even think about that. And that's what's really great about, you know, some filmmakers today. They work together as a team. Because if you have too many cooks, yes, it could really butcher a film. We all know that. We all know when there's so many people involved, it could ruin a movie. But if there's just enough people there, you know, just enough recipes, enough enough ingredients, that can make a much better film. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from Jamie Lee Curtis, and she's going to go a little bit more into her character, about from how her character was way back in 1978, and then compared to how she is now in this trilogy, that nobody believed her in the second film, but then, you know, everything went sideways, and it all came to be true. So then she talks about how her character, four years later, which this takes place now, has grown. She's you know, taken classes, gone to therapy, and started to accept Halloween as just a day. Because, like, even in the movie, if you choose to see the movie, even she starts making, like, pies and decorating her house, enjoying the holiday, not dwelling on what's happened in the past. So this is her talking about that whole character arc. So the people who loved the first two of this new trilogy will understand that this was a woman who was who was committed to one idea that Michael Myers would come back um, and that she should be prepared for him and no one would listen to her and it was at the cost of her entire family her daughter wouldn't talk to her granddaughter barely talked to her people thought she was crazy and then by the end of the second movie um, this horrific night on Halloween night, 40, 40 years after the 1978 movie, Michael has come back and he has wreaked havoc. And Lori um, has suffered the ultimate loss, which is her daughter. And Lori is just, um, uh, I mean, it's hard, hard to imagine what you would, how you would refer to that. This movie takes place four years later. And Lori Strode has been given 
a chance at some mental health help. She has been given some trauma therapy. She has been given um, grief counseling. And clearly, there is a moment where when people have suffered such horrific losses, there's really a choice of do I live or do I die? And if I'm going to live, I need to live openly. I must try to have a life. And at the beginning of the movie, we're meeting Laurie Strode four years after her daughter has been killed, very quietly trying to have a personal life. She lives with her granddaughter. Then we, we take her up that Hope Hill for just the beginning of the movie. And then, of course, Michael comes back and all of that hope gets dashed. Now, that was Jamie Lee talking about this movie. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit more insight without trying to give too much away. Now, in this movie, there's, there's a lot going on. And some people might have a little trouble with that because they want to get this right to the kills. But there is a lot of backstory. Not really backstory, but there's a lot of build-up just to give you a feel of what's going on in her world, in the town's world, in their mentality. Because at the very beginning of this movie, they have a mini flashback to maybe the 90s, I can't remember what, but this young man, is a he's babysitting this this kid. And the parents go away, and the you know, they're having this little fun, you know, babysitter-type situation going on. And then eventually, this young man gets locked into this room, and he's trying to get out. And the little kid is, like, laughing, whatever, and the parents are driving up. They walk in the house. He kicks open the door. Well, the little kid is on the other side of that door. And then he falls over the ledge, boom, like several, you know, it's a really big house. He falls very, you know, many stories down and then he gets sent to jail and then he he eventually, you know, gets paroled because of the whole situation in that town. He's, he's looked down upon, everybody criticizes him because they feel he's like a, a child killer, even though it was an accident. This movie deals with his situation of living life in the shadow of that Jamie Lee's character introduces him to her her granddaughter and they become friends and then there's some dynamics that go on there but it's the whole uh, like investigation or character study of one town's how certain events affect them and how they treat that person so they really wig out on him and she, the granddaughter understands that because she knows she's been in that world. So there's this little story going on there. And then without saying too, too much, there's a little bit of an apprentice, apprenticeship going on in this movie where it's they, they borrow ideas from a couple other movies. And I won't even say which ones. I was, I was thinking about saying which what movies it kind of grabs from, but that might give too much away. But that's kind of like, there's stuff going on. But that really kind of builds up to... The, the the grand finale, which is really, I love the ending. So no matter what you do, if you don't like the beginning or the whole buildup, the ending is worth it. But now, now we have a featurette. Now in this featurette, Jamie Lee Curtis is talking about the movie. Now within this featurette, you hear clips of interviews, scenes, and things like that. And just to forewarn you, this is the first of several featurettes. And in, in these featurettes, you're going to hear you know, little clips of full interviews that you may have heard before or after. So you might think, wait a minute, they've already said this. But each featurette covers a different subject in a, in a way. So this one here just talks about just a general 
story of this film. Violent. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Fans are going to lose their minds. Some say I'm the hero. And others say I provoked him. The 2018 movie and kills were about a woman who was prepared for Michael every day of her life. This is a movie where she's actually trying to move on. I've said goodbye to my boogeyman. New beginnings lay ahead. And then Michael comes back. This time, he's more dangerous. There is a battle. You came here to kill me, so do it. A final reckoning. It's crazy intense. We're going to hear next from Jamie Lee Curtis. And she's going to be talking about just basically her character again and about the evolution, but also about the reckoning that this movie is all about. About her and Michael having that final brawl. And I love this interview because she talks about how she wanted it to be a non-Hollywood type fight, more of a street brawl. And, you know, for, you know, for what they had to work with, I think they accomplished it pretty well. It's, it's pretty gritty. It's pretty raw. It's not your typical slasher type, you know, fight. But then after that, we're going to hear from the director. And he's going to talk about just the overall concept of this trilogy, what they did with the first one. And then they gave them freedom to do what they wanted in the second one. And then have their own little creative touches on the third one. And yes, they did do their own little touches on the third one. But you got to put your stamp on it. You got to make it your own. But that's what these next interviews are about. It's a movie about a a a, a, a final reckoning um, uh, between Laurie and Michael. There is a battle between them, and the irony is that the 2018 and 2021 movie were about a woman who was prepared for Michael every day of her life since she was 17 years old. Every day. This is a movie where she's actually moved on because Laurie doesn't see Michael coming. And that's a very different result. So the fight with Michael is is much more violent, unexpected, and it has to be like a street brawl. Our first film was trying to restore the trust that a lot of fans had lost in the franchise, invite new people to this, this mythology, um, and work within a framework with beloved characters. Our second one was having fun with that, that, the initial success and being able just to open it up to the chaos and, and the kind of funhouse ride that Halloween Kills was for, for me and my co-writers. Um, and then with Halloween Ends, we felt like we needed to put our own passionate signature on top of these characters. So it's been an evolution. Now, Jamie Lee Curtis is up next, and she talks about, back in 2018, why she took this role, because... This character had depth. They wrote her properly. You know, she wanted 
this character to have something more than just whatever it is. But this is really cool to hear her talk about why she chose this role. The reason I did the 2018 movie was because of the psychological state that they wrote her in. If the, if she had been like, I don't know, working at a like restaurant or something, like, and wasn't thinking like I, I was so impressed with the fact that they were honoring the trauma that had occurred in her life. That that was a real result of what happens if you are attacked when you're 17 years old and you get no help. And I thought that that gave her a lot of respect uh, as a character. So, yes, of course, it is my job to kind of receive Laurie at the moment she's in and then try to work out psychologically, um, connect to the material and figure out what is my job to now convey that to you, the audience. The director, David Gordon Green, is up next. And he talks about where we see Michael now and where we find Lori now and how that just all comes together. We meet Michael in this chapter. He's been out of the headlines for four years. He's kind of gone dormant and he's found this place where he uh, resides and and the mask is is decayed and mold and mildew on it and, and he's in bad shape. And he's gone, basically, he's gone... He's gone away to rot, you know, kind of like an animal will just walk into the woods uh, and, and die. And I think he's kind of awaiting that uh, when he meets uh, an unlikely new uh, colleague. <laughs> and and, that, and the, I think the energy that they feed off of each other in some ways reawakens what he's capable of. She's processed. She's reflected. She's writing her memoir. Um, she's got uh, a loving granddaughter and she's got friends around her. Um, she's taking every step she can to toward a new path, a healthy path, a, a healthy mindset. And then, as often happens, Michael Myers gets in the way. Now, in that interview, he slightly alluded to what I talked about earlier, how Michael has an apprentice, has a little tag-along and a little inspiration. Because like he just said, Michael had kind of drifted away, was like a dog, kind of, you know how animals do that when they go off into the woods and die? He was in that state of mind until that little spark happens and he says, aha, I still have more to give. So that that's kind of what goes on. And I don't want to give too much away, but that probably maybe already has. But he said it himself, so it's not me giving away anything. But up next, we're going to hear from Jamie Lee Curtis. And she's going to talk about how her character finally has a family in this trilogy. That she has people around her that she, you know, support. and Because her character has never had that before. You know, it's that weird thing. It's that weird alchemy that happens. Um, it was very nice to see in the second movie all the legacy characters. Kyle Richards, Nancy Stevens. Um, to reconnect that dot, you know. Oh, here we are now 40 years later, 41 years later. Um but the 2018 movie gave me a family. Laurie Strode never had a family. And David was so great at casting. He is great at casting. Because Judy Greer and Andy Matichik and I look like a family. We, we took a picture at the end of 2018 where I had bought them, I, I bought both girls the same striped kind of long t-shirt that I owned. And 
I gave it to them and we took a picture and it's three tall women. We're all five foot seven, five foot eight. We're all thin. We're all angular. It was really interesting to look at us. And by giving me a family, it gave me a heart. It gave Lori a, a big, fat, beating heart to work with as an actor. And I've stayed very close to those women. We lived together in the same um, house uh, in, in Wilmington. Um, and we've become a family, which is an unusual aspect of making a movie. I don't usually have that happen. We have another featurette for you. Now, in this featurette, it's Jamie Lee pretty much just reflecting on this whole series, or not just this trilogy, but this trilogy with the original and how this is a reckoning. Now, within these featurettes, there's a lot of like like intersplices of scenes on the set footage that obviously you can't see. But if you want to watch the TV version of this, you can go online to Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage and watch this and many other shows on demand. So if you go to bit, as in bit, dot ly, backward slash, cinema judge, you can watch this and several other shows on demand. Because within these featurettes, they're really cool, but when you just hear them, you don't understand what's all the stuff that's going on that you can see. But this featurette, featurette talks about just basically the whole reckoning and just everything coming together. It's a movie about a final reckoning between Lori and Michael. Michael Myers in that mask represents pure evil. There is no rhyme or reason. What are you gonna do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. Everybody's worst nightmare come to life. You came here to kill me, so do it. This experience in the movies, that is the beauty of Halloween. In 1978, I had no idea what the worldwide love and affection for Laurie Strode and Michael Myers would be. That is the heart and soul of these Halloween movies. It will be difficult to say goodbye to Laurie Strode. It's her legacy and it's now part of ours. 40 years with this character. Jamie Lee Curtis of Halloween. It feels very special to me. Now, earlier in the show, I told you about the opening sequence where this young guy is babysitting for this family. Now, in this next interview, Jamie Lee Curtis talks about that scene, about how it's just what a great way to open this final segment of this trilogy. And then right after that interview, she talks about how emotional it is for her to make this movie and how sad it is to say goodbye to everybody because it's been such an emotional journey. And it, you just hear it in her voice that how how much joy I think she got re you know coming back to this character and giving it a final farewell on her own terms. And it's just really cool to hear that. The opening of this movie is every parent's worst nightmare. This is a babysitter with a child on Halloween night that goes terribly wrong. It's so crazy intense and beautiful and beautifully shot and put together visually. 
and it is a startling and thrilling way to open this last Halloween movie. It's hard because if it isn't emotional, then I don't really know what we're doing. The whole concept of a horror movie is to stimulate emotions. Um, and the making of it does the same thing. We're creative people, all of us. So to have done it three times with a group of people, um, and knowing that I'm not going to get to do it again with that same group of people really has been very tough for me. And I've been a little weepy because I really care about them. Um, and I'm always so happy to see them again. Um, so it will be difficult to say goodbye to this group of people. Now, in our next feature, Ed, they talk about working with Jamie and how Jamie is just how much she has impact and influence on this film. Because you, in this interview, you hear the director talk about just everybody as a unit turning to her for her advice. Then you hear her talking about just working with everybody and how they talked about earlier that, uh, that fights, the fight sequence between her and Michael in this featurette, you see that on the set footage, the behind the scenes stuff where they are rehearsing that fight sequence. And she's also, you know, just reiterating with them, this must feel like a street fight. So this is just kind of like one featurette, just, you know, just about the joy of making this film and, and Jamie Lee Curtis being a part of it all. Welcome back, Laurie Strode. She gave it all, her heart, her soul, her blood. But that bubble burst because Michael comes back. You came here to kill me, so do it. Jamie Lee Curtis defines the Halloween franchise. She's also the muse of all the writers. We brainstorm ideas, keep her very closely involved. Anything that's going to look raw and brutal. As long as it doesn't look like a movie fight, I will be happy. Um, These are it. She brings 100% from a fight scene to a dramatic scene to a scream scene. I remember exactly how I felt when I was 19 years old, going like, I've never screamed once in my life. No, no, I'm good. Let's go again. Having her here as an icon is one thing, but then having her here as a support and a a set den mother. I'm going to clean my glasses with your shirt. What, David? What? I love being a member of a crowd. I love it. That sort of deep companionship and friendship, it feels very special to me. People are sharing lots of information with me today. It will be difficult to say goodbye to Laurie Strode. It's her legacy and it's now part of ours. Jamie Lee Curtis of Halloween. When David called me, I immediately said yes. But what I didn't really know was what it was going to feel like. I'll miss you, and I thank you so much for your support. You've been fucking incredible for people. It's been an emotional movie for me, to be honest. Thank you. Now we're going to hear next from Andy Matichak, who plays Allison. Now Allison is a granddaughter of Lori, and she has a lot to say in this interview. She talks about a working with Jamie Lee, how how wonderful it is 
and also talks about the movie and her character. So I'm just going to let her speak for herself. I'm not going to interrupt her, but this is her talking about all of that. Jamie Lee Curtis is a badass. She goes in and she works her tail off. Her commitment to what she does is so next level that it, it elevates everybody around her. It was really lovely to be able to like sink in and be on set with her more. And she's just a masterclass in everything she does in terms of how she handles herself, who she is as a person, her approach to the craft, her generosity to her fellow actors and getting to work opposite her. It, it makes my life much easier because she's just so so connected and, and present and there for you all the time. And um, I, I, if I could have one scene partner for the rest of my life, I think it would be Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> she seems pretty well adjusted given all the mayhem. <laughs> um, but she, you know, I think that she's one of those people that she can talk a really big game about understanding what she feels mentally, emotionally, but she's definitely not okay. <laughs> and I think that, you know, Allison at the beginning of this has gotten into a relatively nice groove and she's found a stride of, of being fine. I don't think she's necessarily happy. And, um, you know, then when she is met with some of the events in this, in this film, she's shown a different side of what life can be. And, she does realize that there is a lot un underneath that she needs to release and, and share and um, be open with in order to move move forward. Yeah, you know, the fans are. I've always said that they're incredibly special, and and they just keep proving that time and time again because it's um, the fandom that is with this film is is real and it's huge and it is iconic and everybody has such a strong opinion and thought and passion for what we do. And even if they don't necessarily agree with, with the approach we've taken on something or a storyline here or uh, a swing here, you know, they, they still appreciate it. And at the end of the day, they're just really happy that we are giving them another Michael Myers movie. I think that they're going to really love the bold take on this film. And what we're doing is, is a swing. It's fun and it's different. And I haven't seen anything like it in this franchise. And, um, I'm really proud to be a part of it. You will see the ultimate showdown between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. And, um, it's the showdown that everybody has been waiting for and hoping for. And it does not disappoint. In our next featurette, it talks about Lindsay Wallace and Lori, they are the only two who were in the original film in 1978. Now, Lindsay is played by Kylie Richards. Now, if you remember, she was a little girl that Jamie Lee's character was babysitting during the first Halloween movie. But now she's an adult and she's, you know, in this movie again. And it's just really kind of cool that from all those years ago, they're both now back in this movie again to, you know, finish it off. So first we're going to hear a feature at just briefly talking about that relationship. And then after that, we're going to hear from Kylie Richards just talking about how great it was to be part of this. 
How many people can say we played these characters in 1978 and now this is our third film together? Are we, are we like this? After so long, these two women have actually now bonded as friends. Good luck. Everything you There's beautiful poetry in that. Lindsay and Lori are the original survivors of this. Stop taking me down now. <laughs> This has just been such an incredible experience and I have such an appreciation because obviously, you know, when you're a child, you don't really appreciate it as much. But working with David and his team, his crew, there is such a sense of camaraderie and it really is just, you know, a bunch of creative people who are here together to make the best movie they can make. And it's inspiring and makes you feel good. See, Lindsay and Lori are the original survivors of this. And, you know, it's only fitting that all these years later that we're here together. And just seeing how not only Kyle and Jamie's relationship has evolved over these years, but Lindsay's and Lori's, um, it's just, we're in a very unique position. I mean, how many people can say, you know, oh, we played these characters in 1978, and now this is our third film together playing these characters. We just have such a unique um, friendship in, in Hollywood. You know, it, when I was a kid, I thought she was a, an adult, for God's sakes. I didn't realize she was a kid, too. And now, you know, we're peers, and we just love and support each other. Now, here's my two cents on Halloween Ends. I've been a fan of this franchise from day one. Because, A, it was the, like the very first one. It was so pure and just raw, and it was shot on such a shoestring budget, but that's how it was supposed to feel. If it would have been glamorous and glossy, it wouldn't have felt the same. Because how many like pressure situations in most horror films happen during the day? If you really think about that first movie, a lot of that stuff happened during broad daylight, but it was all in just the staging of the shots and everything like that. It just It just pulls you in. And from that very first movie, you know, I've been a fan. Have Has everyone been stellar? Of course not. But that's not the point. It's just the voyage. It's the journey. And that's what this final um, series has done. He decided, I'm going to make this trilogy, pay homage to the original, but still have my own voice. I mean, they made some interesting choices, and I'm, you know, that's their call. But it's still Halloween and Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, look at her glorious career. And this is a very side, side note. I've, I've always enjoyed her because she's a, so similar to a, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine that I've known for many, many years. Same kind of personality and energy. And they both just have this oomph. So every time Jamie Lee's in a movie, I have to watch it because it reminds me of my dear friend. They both share this energy that's just intoxicating. And even back... You know, there's a lot of movies that she's been in, but one of my favorite shows, she's in a TV show years ago called Anything But Love with Richard Lewis. And whatever it was about that show, I loved it. If you could find it anywhere, check it out. I don't know how many seasons it was on. I'm just, you know, off the top of my head thinking about this right now. But it was a, it was a fun series. But this movie, I feel it, it really did round it up well. And even if you, you know, don't want to watch this whole film or whatever it is, at least watch the ending. Because 
I believe that it's a good payoff because it's it I think it's a good way to round this trilogy out. Will there be more? Of course there will be. I mean you can't let a series like this just I'll say, okay, we're wiping our hands clean of it. That's not how that stuff works. If it makes money, they'll make something else. And I'm good with that. I mean, they could go in a different direction. I just read an interview with the director saying he would love it to have somebody else take up the reign so that he could be a fan like us and yell at the, at the screen and say, no, what, what do you, why did you do that? Or I love that decision. Because him, like us, were fans of the franchise. And that's that's the big picture here. Not every movie can be a home run or not every scene can be a grand slam. You know what I mean? It's just the, the the unity of the experience of the whole Halloween, you know, universe. So hopefully, maybe in a couple of years, they'll do something else. Because like the director said, hey, maybe they'll do a musical on it or something like that. He said, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm all for it. I hope it doesn't die. But if it does... I I feel they did a really good stamp on it on this, you know, trilogy. Now, I hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at Halloween Ends. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any way to improve the show, please feel free to contact me, cinemajudge at hotmail.com or go on Instagram, the cinemajudge, or you go on Twitter, cinemajudge, whatever you want to do. I would love your constructive feedback. Because I can't grow if I don't know. But now, it's one of my favorite parts of this show. It's shout-outs to everybody who listened to the last episode. For all you all around the world, I hope my voice finds you well. Whether you're listening to the show, driving to work, sitting at home, whatever you're doing, I am so grateful and I love it when I hear how you listen to the show. Whether you're listening to it in the middle of the night, daytime, getting ready for work or coming to work. That's just so cool. So wherever, whenever, or whatever you're doing, this is for you. I had a lot of listeners on the last episode in, from the same locations that li- listened several times. I don't know if you shared it with your friends, family, or just listened listen to the show a couple times. Whatever it is, I am so grateful. And if you do like the show, please like it, five-star it, or whatever you feel is appropriate. I'd really appreciate it. But all my listeners from the United States, Canada, Germany, Egypt, France, I am so grateful. From St. Paul, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Fargo, North Dakota. Thanks, Fargo. A lot of listens there. I am so grateful. Chicago, Illinois, Washington, District of Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia, St. Paul, Minnesota. Well, that's South St. Paul, Minnesota. My apologies. Littleton, Colorado. Shreveport, Louisiana, Farmington, Minnesota, Tinley Park, Illinois, Holyoke, Mass, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, Frankfurt, A.M. Hess, like always, in Doki Giza. I didn't pronounce that right at all. That's just to name a few. But all of you who share this show or listen to it several times, I am so grateful. You have no idea what that means to me. Because every time I see a little a number show up or you know tick up, I do do a happy dance. You might not believe me, but I do. I, No matter where I am, I give myself a little That's not the music. That's, you know, you don't want that image in your head. But that's what you do to me whenever I see somebody listen. So thanks to every one of you. But now it's bourbon shout-out time. And I have a lot of you to get to on this one because so many people 
were there for me this week. First of all, whole sway. It was great talking to you. And then there's Kelly, Kendall, Lindsay, Annalie, Alicia, Taylor, Sarah, and Jamie. All of you from the RNs to the doctors, you guys, nothing but the best, top notch. Thanks for all your hard work that you do for everybody every day. So I personally thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the hard work. You're just great people. So cheers. And now it's the music section. What I was listening to when I was making a TV version, which becomes this podcast. And I didn't listen to any particular band. I just put on my jams section of my listening device thing. And there's it's just loaded with different bands. So all I did was just put on my jams and I just drifted away and I was in happy editingville. Well, that is it. My glass awaits. I'm thirsty. So cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 